0: Do you have a prayer list? I appreciate the fact that many of you utilize the newsletter and the information that is contained therein to develop your prayer list, and you use the notes section to add notes about other areas that might be in need of prayer or people for that matter. I struggled a little bit with this title, A Prayer List for Christians, as opposed to maybe a prayer list for unbelievers... No, it's not a matter of contrast. It's a matter of just thinking about a few broad areas that should be the focus of our even daily prayer life. Areas that are extremely important and that affect not only my life, but the life of others. Not only your life, but the lives of many. The lives of your children. The lives of your grandchildren, those who will be here when you are not. We know that prayer is important. The Bible says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And then the example is given of, of Elijah who prayed for rain. Well, God responded to his prayer, and I don't necessarily believe that was a, a miraculous response, I think it was a providential response. I believe it was divine intervention in sending rain, but it's an example of how God responds to man's prayer and that a righteous man, his prayer, her prayer, a righteous person can accomplish much. So here are some areas, real quickly, some areas where we need some change. We need God to divinely Intervene in response to our prayers. You're not surprised with this one, are you? Pray for your nation and your rulers. Are there any words in that point you don't like? Or is there a word that maybe pops up twice that you don't like? Hint, hint. What do you mean it's my nation? What do you mean he is my ruler? What do you mean she is my ruler? I didn't vote for them. I didn't want them in. I'd rather have them out. I don't want to call them my rulers. I don't want this to be my nation if it's not the nation I want to live in. Well, I can argue that we are citizens of a spiritual kingdom, that our citizenship is in heaven because that's what the Bible teaches us. But at the same time, if you're a citizen of the United States, this is your nation. And whether you voted for the president or the governor or the senator, it's your president, it's your governor, it's your senator if you live in this nation. And what the Bible calls upon us to do, and we're very familiar with this passage. I think a a problem that we might sometimes have is that we sort of bury it if the ruler isn't our choice because we don't want to pray for the ruler isn't our choice and then we dust it off whenever our man or our woman whoever the position or whatever the position may be is in office now we're going to start praying for them well Paul wrote in First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 I urge you brethren that entreaties and prayers petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men You know, I don't struggle so much with the entreaty and the prayer and the petition part. Those are just various forms of prayer, prayer at different levels, prayer that's more specific. But then he says thanksgivings. You mean in my prayer, I need to be expressing thanksgiving to God for political rulers, political leaders, for kings, verse 2, and all who are in authority. You mean even those I... I don't want to be an authority. I need to be praying for them, and I need to be expressing thanksgiving so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. What I need to be thankful for, and, and, and we've got this now. I, I realize that the situation may be going in a different direction, we really don't know. Maybe we can, we can read the signs of the times and make some assumptions, but we really don't know. I can be thankful because I'm in this church building this morning, and I'm worshiping God freely. I may live in a society that is antagonistic to that. I may be living under a political administration that might be seemingly taking us in a different direction, but I can be thankful today that I'm worshiping without hindrance, and I'm with brothers and sisters in Christ, and that I live in a situation where I can lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I I have that now, and I'm thankful for it. And I need to express that to God in prayer. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I need to be praying for for my nation. I need to be praying for my rulers so that God will intervene providentially and that religious freedom will continue so that I can preach the gospel, so that you can preach the gospel, so that we can share our faith with others. There's something very important about politics that I think Christians need to remember something that was said and brought, out to, uh, to, brought to light by, by Jesus in John chapter 19 is he was before Pilate, a political ruler, and he was on trial. Pilate was not a good man. Pilate was a politician, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he was bad for that reason. That just kind of came out. But, but he was bad because he was a bad man. He was wishy-washy. He was, he, here I go again, he was a politician. He just wanted to please everybody. And he was willing to see that Jesus die if that's what had to happen in order for him to please the nation of Israel, the Jews. But Pilate, in, in John chapter 19, he heard the statement, the statement being uh, the Jews answered and said, we have a law, and by that law we ought to die because he made himself out to be the son of God. Well, when Pilate heard that statement, he was even more afraid. He was in, he was in a hard situation. He entered into the praetorium again. He said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you do not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? And he was right. He could have released him, but he also had the power to put him to death. And Jesus said, and this is the attitude that we need to have. You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above when I pray for this nation, when I pray for the leaders of this nation, I remember that whoever is in that position, God's in control. God's the king. God's the one who is making the decisions that determine the destiny of men here on this earth. And so I will honor the king, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, because I'm commanded to do so As I recognize that all authority exists by God. Whether it's a godly authority or not, God has always used ungodly people to accomplish his purposes. God can do that. So I will pray for my nation. I will pray for the rulers. That's broad in scope and I will encourage you to do the same. The second area of prayer that needs attention, that is broad in scope, and that is that the gospel may bear fruit. That's why I pray for my nation. That's why I pray for my rulers, so that the gospel may be spread. But I also want to pray for those who are working all over this world. You know, something I heard in um, the prayer last week at at Black Creek, and I don't don't know if I've heard this. Um, A brother got up and he prayed, I want you to think about this. He prayed for Christians in Russia. And then he prayed for Christians in Ukraine. He prayed that God would bless his brothers and sisters in Russia. And then he prayed that God would bless his brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Well, I believe there are Christians in both places. Don't you know they're having struggles? Don't you know they're having a difficult time? You wouldn't want to trade places with them, would you? Well, pray for them. Pray for those who are preaching, who are teaching, who are seeking to keep the faithful faithful. In Ephesians 6 and verse 18, Paul writes, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition For all the saints. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Russia. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Mexico. Pray for Christians in other places. And pray on my behalf, he writes, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray for me, I'm in prison that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Do we pray for brothers and sisters in other countries? Are we mindful of those who are serving God faithfully under different political systems, who are serving God faithfully under oppressive regimes? Do we pray for them? In Colossians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he writes at verse Five of Colossians chapter 1 he writes about the gospel and he said that that gospel which has come to you just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth and I cite that passage for this reason Rome was not a good place to be it was not the kind of government that you would want If you could could get to know the Roman emperor Nero, I don't think you would have liked him. This was a man who who hung Christians up and burned them and, and blamed them for the fire that he set in the city of Rome. You would not have liked him. But the gospel was being preached, and the gospel was spreading, and people were preaching, people were working, And prayer of the righteous was effectuating change. It was bringing about change. The gospel was bearing fruit. It can bear fruit today. We need to be praying for that. Devote yourselves to prayer. Colossians 4 and verse 2. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. That's the hardest part of prayer, it's always being thankful. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way that I ought to speak. Pray for those who are working. Pray for yourself that the gospel may bear fruit. And then finally, pray for blessings. Pray for blessings upon the kingdom. What am I speaking about when I speak of the kingdom? I'm speaking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, the rule of God in the hearts of those who have responded positively to the gospel. Pray for Christians. Pray for brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for those here that you know that are struggling, who are sick, who are weak. But pray for Christians in general, pray for Christians in other places. Come to have the attitude of the Apostle Paul. In, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, as Paul was writing about all of his suffering, all of those afflictions that he experienced in his various travels and, and, and being beaten and stoned and left for dead and, and, and living a life that was that was so undesirable. He wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28, apart from such external things there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. I need to share in that in some way. I need to feel the pressure for churches in Russia, Russia, churches in Ukraine, churches church at Black Creek, 4th Street, wherever, wherever they may be. I need to be praying, praying for blessings upon the kingdom For those local churches. And then he asked the question in verse 29. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? Whether I know them or not. If they're weak I feel that. If they're being led into sin I'm concerned about that. Do we have that concern? In Ephesians chapter 1 Paul also expressed himself. With regard to the church at Ephesus. And he expressed himself in the form of a prayer for them. He made mention of the fact that he often thought about them in prayer. He, he made mention of the many spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. And then in verse 15 he writes, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you in your love for all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Why did he want them to have that? Why did he want them to have that spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him? Because he wanted them to see the blessings. He wanted them to see the rich blessings that were theirs in Christ, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. He was praying for blessings upon the kingdom, and that those in that kingdom would open their eyes and they would see those blessings, so that you will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of His, greatness of his power to us who believe. Are we expressing our concern? for brothers and sisters in Christ and other places, our concern in prayer to God. Add these three items to your prayer list this week. If you're here today and you've never obeyed the gospel, then our prayer for you is that you would do that very thing. We we live in a nation where you can serve God freely. It may not always be that way. But today... It We're going to sing a song of encouragement. And in the singing of that song of encouragement, we're going to express our desire that the gospel may bear fruit. We're going to be praying as we sing that song for blessings upon the kingdom and that another soul, another precious soul that has decided to become a member of that kingdom will do so. If you believe that Jesus is your Savior... We ask that you come forward to confess that faith having repented of your sin and then allow us to assist you in baptism so that you can leave here today a child of God. Please come as we stand and sing. What can